to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. Did I ever tell you about the time that I blew Celsa B. DeMille for a pot? It was way back <laughs> when he was actually filming Cleopatra, and I was really trying for something there. Turns out he was not very interested. He had his dick halfway down Gene Kelly's throat while Gene Kelly was jerking off Danny Kay. Now, how do I know this? This is back in the days when I was hanging out with Judy Garland at the Copa. This was when we were just, we had big dreams when we wanted to be stars. However, Judy Garland, you know, she was just swallowing all those pills. And then she also had a thing with Mickey Rooney, who also had his dick down Danny Kay's throat. I swear to God, Hollywood was an orgy back in the day. We tied for... Miss Barbiturate, USA, that year. (laughs) That was fucking hilarious. Oh, listeners. Oh, we're recording, aren't we? (laughs) If you have no idea why that's funny, that was actually an ad for Nerds on Film that Sarah did a while back. (laughs) But you expanded on it. I did. I I had more. I I mean, I forgot a line, but I mean, the line's kind of offensive, but context of the character. Just be like... Gene Kelly, nice man, total queer. <laughs> <laughs> and why? And it's shit like that. Why didn't? Why? What happened to the ad? So, why did you ever hear it? We didn't do the ad because. Well, so the idea was that I kind of had this. I kind of randomly came up with this character once at a party of like this old Hollywood starlet with like all these really fucked up stories about Hollywood that you weren't exactly sure if they were true or not during the golden age. During of the Hollywood. golden age of Hollywood, right? Right. And. Um, and then so we're like, oh, let's put that character, make a funny ad for Nerds on Film to play in front of Nerds on History to get more people to listen to the show. And I just ended up saying really horrible, offensive things throughout the whole thing that we couldn't actually hear it because I was swearing too much. Yeah, and the Nerds on History is the clean podcast. Yeah, Nerds <laughs> so on History is the clean podcast. So me talking about yeah. blowing a director is probably not going to go very well. Right, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> it reminds me of the time I went to go see Toy Story and they had a restricted preview for Natural Born Killers. Oh, before. Jesus. <laughs> no, that's that's just something that's a lot like. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I love the Estelle character. She's though. pretty fun. I She's, like her too. Yeah. I'd fuck her. <laughs> Not you, Sarah. Don't. don't no, no, get I, know, I'm I, know. Sorry, I know. I know. Estelle. I I understand your fetish with the Golden Girls. She dude. sounds like she knows her way around a dick. Is all I'm saying. She sounds like she's been around a lot of them. Just don't trip over mm-hmm. her boobs. <laughs> 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 oh God! On that note, everybody, <laughs> welcome to Nerds on Film. I'm Sean Moriarty. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley. Roxy uh, exploded. Um, she went kaboom. No, I'm kidding. No, she um, she's had some plans this weekend. Needed a little escape. She from... needed to get the fuck away from us for a minute. She yeah, was we were like, driving her up the freaking wall. She's like, "I'm gonna kill you, people." Which, considering that she's studying, you know, what she's studying, that is really something. Something that. Oh, would... I know. Yeah, if a therapist can't even handle our level of crazy, then. So it means we're completely. Either yep. she's a frail human being, or we are just completely unsalvageable. So there's that too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So Roxy's out, and we had a topic planned for tonight, but we opted to toss it um, and uh, just kind of go off the cuff tonight. We won't. We won't talk about what the topic was, but we will say it does ram. <laughs> it does ram. It does rhyme with transformers. <laughs> <laughs> but it indeed it does. Yeah. It does. But we opted not to. I, frankly, I mean. 
I know, Sean, you're nah. pretty excited about the new movie coming out, but I'm really- I am excited, but then, you know, I thought about it and was like, we don't need to do an episode about Transformers. It's just there. It's just there. It, it supports itself. It's out there in the universe, and we can't escape it. <laughs> Nobody needs a podcast to explain robots fighting to people. It's just built into our DNA. We enjoy watching robots fight. The shit in between, on the other hand, is Bull usually rig. lackluster. But the robot fighting. You know, we say that, but was it um, the Hugh Jackman robot movie? Was not Real Steel. Real yeah. Steel. Real not, Steel. But that was not as successful. Pacific Rim was... Mo- like moderately successful but not transformers the first transformers successful i think it's still yeah. you know it's giant robots mm-hmm. is the big thing right mm-hmm. you know whether it's mecha godzilla power rangers pacific rim fair enough you know gundam wing gundam wing right mecha stray sand <laughs> sure mecha stray sand voltron <laughs> right mm-hmm. whether you robots whether they they disguise themselves as cars Rock you drive robots. them or they just power themselves it's all the same yeah cool and that's the episode on transformers moving on there you go (laughs) that was our thesis (laughs) our shortest episode ever (laughs) so what do we do now guys (laughs) um well i saw a movie this past week that i had never seen before and it came out god when did it come out anyway it's called the fall and it has lee pace in it the guy from pushing daisies yeah who is extremely attractive um, but it's, uh, it's a really interesting movie. Uh, it came out in 2006. That's when it came out. And, um, it takes place in the twenties in a hospital and Lee paces this guy. He's got, he's paralyzed from the, the waist down and he's telling the story of how he fell and got his injury to this little girl who also is in the hospital. Um, her father recently died. She's got a broken arm and she's hanging out there and she's very precocious and very, very cute. And actually, um, she did a really, she had a really remarkable performance. It actually did not feel like she was acting at all. And I'm actually pretty sure mm. that they didn't give her much dialogue. She was just actually saying stuff and being a little girl, which was very cute. But uh, as he's telling her the story, it's all done kind of in a fantasy setting. And so like the characters, there are the characters in the hospital, the characters in the story and um, it's kind of a story of adventure and romance and betrayal and revenge. And it's uh, it was pretty fun. It was an interesting movie. Um, Touches on all the big ones, huh? It does. It does. It kind of has... All the big ones. Yes. It kind of has that like dual parallel story a la, I don't know, kind of like, you know, Princess Bride or like the Wizard of Oz aspect where some characters, you know, the characters translate to the story or whatever. It was interesting. Yeah. Definitely worth watching. So go check it out. The Fall. The Fall. Bam. You know what I watched today? Hmm. Being John Malkovich. Hadn't seen it in a long time. I, I probably hadn't seen it since it came out on DVD in like 2001 or 2000. No, it was 2000s when it came out on DVD because it was in the theaters in 99. That movie, it like lovingly hate fucked my mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Does that make sense? It does, but in a really scary way. It's a very oh, okay. absurd concept for those who don't know what it's about. I mean, it's about a, uh, an out-of-work puppeteer, specifically one who uh, operates marionettes, mm-hmm. who is uh, not out of work. I'm sorry. He's out of work in the puppeteering field. He works in a very weird office where he's there. They have a half floor, 13th and a half floor. Mm-hmm. And in that, he discovers a portal that allows him to literally be in the body uh, and observe the body of John Malkovich. Right. It's just like... It's like, why John Malkovich? Well, why because he was in that Jewel Thief movie. Right. Okay. 
<laughs> Which is hilarious because it was never in a Jewel Thief movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the movie's so fucking weird and so dark. Like the relationship, the kind of weird, fucked up, like I've never seen a love triangle like the one between John Cusack's character and Cameron Diaz and Catherine Keener's characters. Yeah. It's so fucking weird. Like <laughs> Catherine Keener's like, um, I'm kind of in love with you, Cameron Diaz, but I will only fuck you if you're in John Malkovich's body. And then once John Cusack gets into John Malkovich's body after, like, caging up Cameron Diaz so that he could kind of steal her thunder and get into Malkovich's body when she thought it was Cameron Diaz in the body so he could fuck Catherine Keener because he's in love with her. And then, like, she finds out, but then because he can control Malkovich's body somehow, Catherine Keener's attracted to the, the control he has over the body. And then, of course, you know, the next logical step is John Malkovich, as John Cusack being John Malkovich, gives up the world of acting so he can become a professional marionette puppeteer. Right. And sheds new light for the rest of the world, becomes this huge icon because of what he did. And they have, <laughs> they have like documentary footage of Sean Penn being interviewed as himself going, you know, like eventually we're all just going to be puppeteers. Like I would start doing it right now, but it's just going to seem like I'm trying to copy John Malkovich. He's too brilliant. <laughs> It's and he does this whole bit where he's doing like a, a master's class on puppeteering at like the actor's studio. Oh God! It's yeah. it's it's it is so bizarre. I remember? I mean, I think we first saw it when I was like probably fourteen. I think you were sixteen, Sean. You did. We went and saw it. Yeah, we went and saw it in the theaters. And I remember. Yeah, at that point, I was like, "What, what the, the fuck?" fuck is is this? But I was exactly. still enthralled. I, I got it. But it fucked me up. I was like, ah, uh, it was one of those movies. You know when you're in a impressionable age and you see a movie in the theaters that really is so fucking awesome that it, like, fucks you up for a couple weeks and that's all you talk about and you're like, I feel like I'm different. Yeah. I, I do. I do know those movies. Uh, I just... I don't I, think I've I think... seen this one all the way through, though. I I'm, I know I've seen bits and pieces of it, like, on TV. Like, I'm pretty sure it aired you on... Should. I'm pretty sure it aired on Comedy Central. It did. For a minute. I think I need yeah. to see it again because... On paper, it sounds hilarious, right? It does sound hilarious, but it's so dry in its yeah. in its delivery. It it's, is, and you don't know whether to laugh at it we, or not. We've already spoiled quite a bit of it, but the ending and the explanation for everything is so much more fucked up than anything we just said. It's true. It is, and it, that's why you're not sure whether it's a comedy because it is a comedy, but then it's like it's also not. It's yeah. a black comedy. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a very dark. No, it's not black. That's black comedy is like very bad things. It's, it's a it's really a, dark comedy. It's a dark comedy fantasy movie because it does got some yeah, does yeah. have some elements of, of fantasy in it. Science well, fiction, obviously. <laughs> it's science fiction, not fantasy, Brian. Let's not get in this argument mm -hmm. again. But it's science fiction, not fantasy. I wouldn't say it was science fiction. I would say it was more fantasy. But... I want the argument to happen. Oh, argue shit. it. Argue it. Argue it. Go. Oh my god! All right. First of all, it's listed. On IMDb and in reviews of it as a science fiction dark comedy. Mm -hmm. right, I'm not going to. I'm not. Where's I'm the, the science gonna... of how you can get into his head? Do they explain that? Uh, they don't. No. I, if, I, if I explain all that, yeah. If I explain all that, it's going to kind of fucking ruin it for everyone. Okay. I want to ruin everything. Okay, okay. It's, I, I don't think, I think it's a mislabeled genre because nowhere in the entire movie is there a single scientific explanation for anything that happens. Right. So for that reason alone, I You're entitled to your opinion that it's mislabeled. So you put a new label on that says fantasy, and now I disagree with that label. So catch 22. 
there you go. We'll just leave it go. So speaking of offbeat comedies, <laughs> Brian, what'd you watch today? Um, I watched... It's a British drama, okay? <laughs> Being John Malkovich is a British drama. <laughs> <laughs> Although there's not one British person in it, as far as I could tell, except for maybe Lester. Uh, hold done. on. So I watched um, a foreign film today. Okay. Uh, it's a it's it's a, of all it's a Swedish comedy actually. All right. Of all places you would expect, you know. So I think Bjorn would probably appreciate this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Contouche Locale, uh, mm-hmm. which is about three guys who are very dissatisfied with their their day jobs, and uh, they basically decide to uh, they they have a harebrained scheme to write a computer program that takes money from the employer. <clears throat> it's pretty funny. I it so good. it's like Superman 3 meets Office Space meets every other movie where they did that. <laughs> no, it was just Office Space. I was just, just, I was just trying to sound lofty and... Oh! Yes. By, by nah. saying it's Swedish. By, say, by actually translating Office Space into Swedish. Wow. I wonder what the actual Swedish title of Office Space was. Probably just Office Space. Yeah. That's a good movie, too. It was, uh, did, I heard it did a lot of good things for the Swingling Stapler Company. <laughs> it's true. It did. It did indeed. Uh, according to Stephen Root, it's because of that movie that Red Swingline Staplers exist. There was not one in production prior to that movie. And that was the guy who played Milton, right? Correct. He was I the swirly guy. I fucking love that guy on News Radio. Yeah. News Radio was like one of the best underrated sitcoms ever. Um, yeah, it was so good. I, I miss that show a lot. <laughs> I know, and he's an amazing character actor. And to think that two of the most amazing character actors I've ever seen, him and Phil Hartman, were both in that show together. Mm-hmm. So much awesome in one show. Yeah. That seemed to have failed because you fucking, I'm not talking to the people listening to this podcast. You go up to your parents or your older brothers or some of your younger uncles and aunts and sisters, and you say, why the fuck didn't you watch news radio? You should have been a Nielsen know, right? family. You should have watched news radio. You failed us as a fucking society. You should go walk into the desert forever. Yep. Yeah. Okay, maybe um, that's a little harsh. Much, I just really love news radio. It, no, it's not harsh. It's true. <laughs> 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 um, but I love anything with Dave Foley in it. Mostly just because I'm a really huge kids in the hall fan. Yeah, that was just a really great show. And fucking Phil Hartman was brilliant on it. And then, of course, he tragically passed away. And um, then they replaced him with, like, John Lovitz. And that was okay. Nope. (laughs) But it's not the same. For the record, it wasn't that he was replaced as the same character. No, it wasn't the same character. No. No. It was a different character. But it was still, I mean, John Lovitz is cool and all. And he was really, really, really good friends with Phil Hartman. Yeah, they were. But they had bonded pretty tightly on Saturday Night Live. They know? did. So, oh well, it was a good show. So if you guys have a chance, catch it on Netflix or something like that. I'm pretty sure it's still on there. Yeah. Um, but that's a good one. Going back to Office Space for a moment. Okay. <clears throat> but I did, Brian's I did... like, we weren't done talking about me, actually. Yeah. yeah sorry. <laughs> just let the ego inflate a bit. <laughs> Um, that's the sound it makes. Your pants I... just got tighter. That's weird. <clears throat> yeah, it is. <laughs> but you know what? <clears throat> Don't be alarmed, Sarah. It's fine. Um, what I noticed is Office that Space, funny Brian. That... Office Space was released like around Christmas time, wasn't it? Uh, it was indeed. Do you, do you and, think it, it uh... would have been a better if it were an August release? Oh, shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> we're never going to let you live that down. Out of context. <laughs> totally out of context. For a summer movie, it should have been an August release. Office right. Space would have been fine as a December release. Maybe it's February. But 
Um, I, yeah, really I, feel like, I, anyway. I feel like Office Space should have been released on a leap year. They should have waited and released it on February 29th. That's like the only day because of the irony. You wait. <laughs> I'm going to an independent art house theater that only releases films using the lunar calendar. Oh my God. Alan. Jesus Christ. Uh, so. They're anyway, both here. what I was going to say is that Jennifer Anderson... Jesus is here too? <laughs> can I finish my fucking story? Yes. No. <laughs> Thank you. Next. Uh, <laughs> I noticed that Jennifer Anderson's character is actually very similar to Roxy. Yeah. There's a couple of the mannerisms there that were that are, are very oddly similar. And I think Roxy actually looks a little bit like Jennifer Aniston too. And both the character and Roxy both fucked a guy with the last name Lumberg. Oh, wait, shit. Should I say that? Because we know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> um i yeah you know i can i can kind of see that i think i need to rewatch the movie but i definitely see like roxy kind of having that same like vivaciousness that jennifer aniston does just in general and she was great in that movie oh yeah yeah yeah. i mean this was like her first major film i think since no it's not first major film did she done like picture well she had did Leprechaun. Yes. I mean, since Friends, <laughs> since everyone before Friends did a couple of small movies. Yes. Um, but what I mean is that uh, Jennifer Aniston, I think since Friends, she'd only done like Picture Perfect, which was that oh. movie with Jay Moore. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, God. And, uh, and I think there was another one with Paul Rudd, where Paul Rudd was gay. I can't remember the name of it. But um, anyway, this was after Paul that. Paul Rudd was gay? That was actually was the name of the movie. I saw release. it on Netflix. It popped up. Paul Rudd was <laughs> yeah. gay. <laughs> and it's just him with a face like I'm, I'm gay. Because in the nineties, it was that was a thing, but it's you know, that's that was we're way past that. I'm trying to anyway. Remember. <coughs> cut to nineteen ninety eight. Wait, was Picture Perfect the one with Edward Norton? No, no, there it was, was it was one with Kevin Bacon, Kevin Morgan, Bacon, Kevin Morgan, Kevin Bacon, and Jay Moore. There was a movie with Edward Norton that was like a love triangle movie, and somebody was a priest. That was Jenna Elfman. And was that, that Jenna? Was, okay, that was keeping the faith. All right, I'm drunk. And that was two thousand. And one, this is 1998, we're talking. How so. do you know these years off the top of your head? I just know numbers. Because we love keeping the faith. Um, it was <laughs> okay. a good movie. Anyway. That's not a joke. Really? Yeah, it was actually a really good movie. Yeah. Um, we had it on DVD. <laughs> I thought it was a big movie in your family. Okay. Well, you know, we're, we're Catholic. Sure. Stepmom's Jewish, so it was like... Okay. Or was Jewish. Yeah. She's not Catholic. So, uh, yeah, of course, it... Made sense to us at the time. Anyway, the point I'm getting at is this was a departure for her. She wasn't mm-hmm. trying to play the girl next door kind of character. Right. She was just playing this quirky girl who was oddly attracted mm-hmm. to Ron Livingston. And she played those quirks really, really well. And yeah. I just, I, I liked it. I actually saw a whole other nuance to her performance that I had never seen before today. Yeah, and arguably, I mean, that, that movie was probably the reason why she was able to get um, the good girl. With uh, Jake Gyllenhaal? Sure, sure. Oh, that movie's awesome, too. Or Derailed, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. later on, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what we're trying to say is Jennifer Aniston's a really good actress. That's our topic. It's the Jennifer Aniston <laughs> retrospective. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Seriously? Then where's Dave? Because we would just need to talk about Friends for an hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. If any of the TV shows that could have been made into a movie, mm-hmm. Friends could have totally worked as a... As I think you could have been able to do, I think one or two movies out of that. I'm series. glad they didn't. No. No, the those those are ten 
wonderful, pristine seasons in my life, and I don't want them ruined. I don't know about the tenth. There were nine pristine seasons. I don't care. No, I'm talking about my opinion. And I, I we have established she's always right. Of course. (laughs) Um, But no, I legitimately watched every single episode of that TV show every week, except when we went on vacation and would record it on the VCR. But I fucking loved Friends growing up. I was, I cried on when it was over. It was the ending that everybody Mm -hmm. wanted. It actually had a sense of, because some shows don't have a real sense of closure like right. everybody loves raymond was just a regular episode there was no sense of closure with it whatsoever it was just it was just it mm. some shows actually do it right and they they acknowledge there's this bit of sentimentality to it and yeah. that they they make it sad i actually like that they were writing in the fact that you know people that their their 20s were coming to an end that they were in their 30s at this point and they're they're drifting apart you yeah. know, sometimes as friends tend to do and they're going their friendships mm-hmm. are changing into these more long distance friendships as they again right tend to do and and it wasn't well i mean we all know what happened with the joey spinoff but no. other right. than that everything else you could imagine there being a great aftermath for them right and of course <laughs> the ending that we all wanted was ross and rachel mm-hmm. finally just putting all the bullshit aside and realizing okay let's just do this you know yeah let's just you know what together. guys right. and you should totally Totally try to do a TV podcast one day. But for now, mm. yeah, we totally let's get should, back to we? films, everyone. Yeah. Indeed. So let's talk about Matthew Perry's career. <laughs> um, so Fool's Rush In was interesting. It was he was so skinny in that movie. <laughs> he was. And then he did um there were there was a there was a Canadian movie, Birds of America. That was actually a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, and then there was another one where he was basically it was like a Lewis and Clark knockoff with uh, Oh Chris god, that was so bad. That movie was so bad. Uh, it was almost called, heroes. Yeah, almost heroes. It was so shitty. Yeah, no, I think actually his his movies were pretty impressive. Matt LeBlanc's movie with the chimp, however, was not. <laughs> that was a bad choice. <laughs> yeah, well, they figured, well, they gave him a monkey in the TV show. Let's give him a chimp in real life and I see know. If, that, yeah. if that'll work. But, um, oh, God, what was it? Um, no, David Schwimmer. Ross had the Oh, Lisa Kudrow with. Ross had the monkey. Yeah, Ross was the one that had the monkey. Oh, so, that's right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know shit about I, friends. I like I'm a, a dude. Freaking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, Marcel, and it was like they went to Marcel was going to go be in the movie with Jean Claude Van Damme, which was supposed to be like an outbreak type movie, right? Um, anyway, but uh, and then Lisa Kudrow did fucking Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, which right. was a goddamn gem. I love that movie. Yeah, I was actually we were where I was just with um, two of my friends, Valerie and Amanda. And we were sitting in a bar talking about how, like, in the future, we will be talking to each other through our, like, video phones, actually yelling at each other, I'm the Mary, you're the Rhoda. (laughs) Here's what I've always found really funny about her friends, Val Val and Amanda. Mm -hmm. They're both very short. Yes. And in that in and of itself is also funny. Mm -hmm. What I'm hoping they would do eventually is they'll both run at each other really quickly and become one big person. (laughs) Oh, my God. And just call themselves Valmanda. Valmanda. (laughs) Okay. Actually, you know what's really weird is that like I Like ha- station. See, the funny thing is is like I am a short person, but they're like really short people. 
And I don't normally hang out with short people because everybody in my family is really, really tall. So I'm used to hanging around tall people. What so do you have I, against short people, Sarah? I don't have a thing against short people. You're it's sure? just I feel uncomfortable I when I'm the I noticed you were tallest. very uncomfortable when Peter Dinklage was on screen when oh, we were Jesus, watching X-Men. shut up. Shut up. No, I just get really, t- I get really weirded out when I'm the tallest person in a room. I don't see you seeing in malls either. I think, I think you have a problem. You don't you see to, me what? I don't see you visiting Santas in the mall either during Christmas time. I think you have a problem. Why? Well, that's just because I don't trust pedophiles. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We have to draw lines somewhere, folks. Yes, we do. Yeah. So yeah. Where, where do we go from here? It's a good question. You know, David Schwimmer always struck me as interesting because hmm. he didn't really have much of a film career. He was more of a theater guy. Well, he's a theater guy. He also worked um, a lot behind the scenes. He's a director. Yeah. He's a director. In fact, yeah. that's what he enjoys doing more. Are you saying you don't like the pallbearer? Not before. I'm saying before Friends. That was Friends was uh, that movie was okay. Um, but I'm saying even after that, he still hasn't done that much work. Like, yeah. name other films he's done. He did a movie called Breast Men, which was about the, the story behind the men who developed modern breast yeah, implants. Yeah, that doesn't count. That's an HBO and movie. Like, he really? Yeah, he did. Yeah. And it was an HBO movie, exactly. He hasn't done that. I mean, he's done, like, in a lot of small independent films that he's mm-hmm. directed because that's yeah. what he likes doing. Well, um, you know what? Good for him. I think people like him being a director more. Yeah. And he probably, I mean, everyone said that on Friends, too, that whenever he directed the episodes, they had so much fun yeah. doing it, too. Yeah. Yeah, more power to him. And a lot of actors transition into directing after they right. you know, leave the um, spotlight, especially TV actors. Mm-hmm. I think that's what Angelina Jolie might be planning on doing. Yeah? I think she basically, she kind of said, um, there was an article I read somewhere saying that she has kind of decided that Maleficent is going to be one of her last characters, one of her last roles. But that she might do a little bit more, but that she wants to focus more on um, behind-the-scenes work. Yeah, I mean, she did a, she's already done a movie. I can't remember what it was called, though. <clears throat> oh, damn it. But She should just e- become the female Clint Eastwood, where out. she's in movies, but it's only ones she directs. Right. <laughs> I like... Actors can totally become directors, as we've already... You know, we, we've seen that people can actually... Sometimes are just as good, if not better, as a director as they are as an actor. I mean, look at Ben Affleck. Has proven himself as a oh, director. Oh, she uh, she directed in the land of blood and honey. Yeah, thank you. Um, and she's a fantastic actress. You know, usually the great actors also make great directors. Clint Eastwood is without you know question. Sidney Pollack, of course, and uh, I think what the cause, uh, Chris Evans, I think, said he was going to do it too. Once once the Captain America contract is done, and he's pretty much you know exhausted that character. I think he said he was going to resign from acting he was gonna just go into directing yeah yeah i I heard that one too which i'm gonna miss seeing that chest on screen but it's okay i want to see him do roxy bolt not another teen movie too why can't that happen (laughs) i i don't i you know what because of those random ass spoofs i don't know but not another teen movie was actually really funny yeah it was it was actually a really funny one. It the rest of them were really, movie, yeah. really stupid. But well, that opening scene yeah. with the dildo just going crazy that yeah. lands in the birthday cake. And it's Randy fucking Quaid. hilarious. Randy Quaid <laughs> throughout the whole movie is so fucking perfect. But at the same time, I think yeah. to myself, was it really the one out of all those movies that was really good? Or were we just the right age for when it came out? Yeah. Yeah, good maybe. Point. Good point. Maybe. I haven't I haven't <coughs> watched it in a long, long time, so maybe it doesn't hold up as nicely. 
but I'd be okay. So here's the deal. Spoof movies. I love how we're just going on like some random tangents and we're just going with it. This yep. is strap in, guys. This is a good ride. Um, it's like that scene in Contact where she's, you're just going through this wormhole in space. Exactly. And then Jodie Foster's head just kind of splits off and she's like saying her own thoughts <laughs> to herself. Yes. That's what this is like. That's what this is like. So, But auditory. Yes. <laughs> but so I find it really interesting. So we have all these like the, the epic movie, disaster movie, whatever, like all, you know, Superhero scary movie. movie times a bajillion yeah all these stupid ones however why isn't anything nearly as classic as like airplane which is like the perfect spoof movie and it didn't have to call itself a disaster movie because it was clear that it was a spoof of a disaster movie right i think it's to the point now where there's they're just two different styles of parody it's so interesting to see how it's changed because Mm -hmm. like you get like you know you get the mel brooks and the early zucker style yeah. where it's more much more style parody uh and they yes they borrow from a lot of stuff mm-hmm. i mean obviously airplane was borrowing from airport and yeah. you know blazing or like, or like the movie um top secret sure i feel like we haven't ever mentioned that one on this show never have guys no. watch top secret that is early val kilmer he's totally adorable and he's hilarious in it too fucking hilarious it's it's this is a funny, funny ass movie <clears throat> and me, it's sorry. It's okay. It's along the same lines as Airplane and like Naked Gun yeah. in the sense that it's the same kind of weird out there gaggy visual humor yeah. stuff. I mean, and that's the thing. Like Zucker was very much the outlandish visual gag mm-hmm. style. Brooks is very much, much more the intelligent dialogue driven style of gags. Yeah. I think we it's scary movies. The first one was titled Yeah, that's true. Because it was a spoof on the original title for for Scream. Scream was going to be called Scary Movie, and then everybody just decides, oh, we're going to call no, these it was movies not. this movie. It's like, no, why don't you come up with something fucking original, like Hot Shots? They didn't call that Plane Movie. In, oh, <laughs> Hot Shots. In, incorrect. Yeah. Incorrect. Incorrect. I'm going to correct you on that one, Sean. Sorry. The original title for Scary Movie was Scream. If you know what, if you think I know what you did last Halloween. No, that's actually right. another movie. Let me finish. That's actually what that was what the movie ended up becoming. Yes, the the title ended up going on to another film that was done later on that was yes, again, a spoof, but the Wayne's brothers originally rain, uh, named that script that title and the studio was like, "No, it's too long of a title." So, but don't we'll be a menace to South movie. Central while drinking your juice in the hood is not too long of a title. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. So, uh message um <laughs> <laughs> That's where where it came from. But yeah, I agree. It, that set a very unfortunate template in place. Like, oh, we don't have to actually have clever titles anymore. Yeah. We can just call it what it is. But it's I think, stupid. I think in the when you're not even putting any um, actual thought into your title, like how much thought are you... Like, not to say that titles matter that much, but if you're not even giving it that, if you're just like, let's just make this movie, you know, how much thought are you putting into the actual movie to, yeah. to get the pristine jokes that you want to get? Yeah. Or are you just doing it for, you know, Shits cash and money with all bills, y'all? <laughs> Shits and giggles. I haven't seen Austin Powers in a long time. Yeah. Oh, my God. That Now, that is a great spoof on spy movies. Agreed. And it doesn't have to espouse itself as a spoof. because Absolutely it not. Yeah. And it is so much so. That first one was fantastic. I don't like the other two that followed. But well, I, I thought Spy Shagging was pretty good. But they have Gold great parts, was, I thought it was funny when I was like 16. They do have good parts. There are it. good parts. I, uh, you know what it is? Um, it was when he started adding the other characters. I just realized like Fat Bastard. I do not think Fat Bastard is funny. So that kind of like wrecked a lot of it for me. Yeah. And he just took the same voice and put it into Shrek. And it made it work in a different way. So. Yeah. 
Shrek was good. I like yeah. Shrek. Fat bastard. Um, but, yeah, I like the Jar Jar Binks of the Austin Powers universe. <laughs> <laughs> he made me hate it all. Oh uh, man, there's some and there are some priceless gags in the first Austin Powers. Oh my god, the the fembots were fucking hilarious. Like the Margaret Thatcher naked on a cold day. I've said that one on the podcast before. Is one of my favorites. Will Ferrell's cameo when Mustafa gets burned. Oh yeah. Ah, ah, I'm alive. I'm just very. Very badly burned. Yes, yes. Which kind of got reprised a little in the um, in the producers movie. It's true. When he like I fell... my other leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, the like the things when the guy gets decapitated by the sharks with freaking laser beams on their head. Right. And um, no, 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 it was the ill-tempered oh, mutated sea That's bass. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> First of all, I love that moment. Throw me a bone here. What do we got? <laughs> sea bass. Right. <laughs> they are mutated sea bass. Yes. Really? Are they ill-tempered? Oh, of course. Well, that's a start. That's a start. Yeah. Well, so, so, when he, so when he gets his head, like, you know, devoured or whatever, and then they're just making those head jokes. Not a good time to lose one's head. <laughs> it's not the way to get to head in life. <laughs> He'll never be head of a major corporation. Oh, my God. She's like, that's enough. And okay. <laughs> Mike Myers' speech as Dr. Evil about his childhood in Belgium, priceless. Oh I remember, my I God. remember I can do that. They used to sell a poster of the of that with him and the whole speech written out. <laughs> I did that just to be a smartass. I did that in an acting class in college. Did you really? Because they said, well, you need to do a monologue. And I'd already had this acting teacher before, so I was a little smug. So I did that. And it was, um, you know, I thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. The, the acting teacher was not impressed. She was like, really? She's actually, she was just like, Really? Austin Powers and like yeah yeah <laughs> and people were really doing like Shakespeare people were like throwing right. out you know I think probably someone did like Sam Shepard <laughs> of course some like serious theater piece oh. here's a funny thing though it's same class same teacher mm-hmm. I did the Osrael monologue that got cut out of Dogma the whole bit about being in hell you know, should I know what I'm talking about yes I do for those who don't uh, if you look on the, the special edition uh, DVD or the, the blu-ray of Dogma there's a great delete scene where Osrael in the scene of Dogma there's a bit where <clears throat> Osrael says um, Muse have you been to hell I think not and in the movie all it cuts to is I'd rather not exist than go back to that mm-hmm. but in the original scene there's this whole great two minute monologue about the nature of the human psyche mm-hmm. and people who who put themselves in hell to begin with and why he would never want to go back to that. It was a great monologue, but I think it ended up just making the scene a bit too long. Mm. Um, so they ended up cutting it. But ultimately, that, that was a great monologue. That full of good fucking monologues, though. Yeah, it's true. I love that movie. It's a great movie. Uh, speaking of Kevin Smith, um, also saw one of his Q&As, which I don't think he does much of it anymore because he doesn't really need to anymore. With well, the, he just podcasts. Yeah, with Smodcast and everything now. Yeah, he doesn't need to, but... He is, I'm surprised he never just decided to just flat out do stand-up because his stuff is good enough where he could just put the Q&A person away and yeah. just, just do his bits I mean, he does hours. talk enough. <laughs> I think there should be a distinction, though, between stand-up and a one-man show because what he does is more like a one-man show where he the, he uses a Q&A as sort of a way to improv or since he's probably doing all these Q&As all the time, he knows the questions he's going to get because he's heard them all a bunch of times. There hasn't been a new one in a while. And when there is a new one, it's entertaining. But it's he tells stories on stage, which is more of a one-man show, I think, than stand-up. But the funny thing is, I took a uh, contemporary theater class when I was finishing my degree. And 
it was a very interesting class. I thought it was all going to be about like writing, or sorry, writing papers about reading plays. But it turns out, no, we talked about a lot of different, what they considered just revolutions in theater since the 1960s. And they talk a lot about just the whole idea of how the performance artists really started to develop in the 60s and 70s. And we start to get to the idea of solo performance where you are mm-hmm. just telling stories. It's been much more language oriented. And they also talk about stand-up comedy as really coming out of that. Not just the old vaudevillian stand-up and telling jokes bit, because that technically the has always been part wife, of... take my wife, please kind of stuff. Right. Because, yeah. I mean, that's technically also equally valid as theater, too, just in a very right, different right. way. But no. there was like a difference between what what happened then and like what was going on through the fifties versus when you started getting into um, oh god I want to say probably like Jack Benny was changing that and then like when well, you Bill get, Cosby of course as well yeah but like when you get to Lenny Bruce sure yeah like yeah. that flipped it on its head yeah and they the Lenny Bruce for sure and then the ones the two people that they really talked about a lot uh, in my class. Uh, Sandra Bernhard talked a lot about mm-hmm. it. She was brought up a lot because she brings up a lot about sex and she, yeah. a lot of social issues. And then, of course, Grace Balding mm-hmm. as well. Who mm-hmm. He was the one who, much more on the dramatic side, the, the artsy side of things. This Pepto-Bismol tablet is being ridiculous right Just stab now. it, dude. That's what she said? I'm really good at opening things. Sorry, folks. Brian's dealing with a little bit of heartburn right here. So There you go. Thank you. Told you I'm really good at opening things. That's my superpower. You should see what I do to legs. <laughs> I was gonna. Well, I was gonna say, really, you're good. Well, why don't you open your heart, you cold witch? <laughs> that was Zing. good. That was really good. If you are trying to shoot an arrow straight through my heart, bullseye. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Where were we going? I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. We were talking about Kevin Smith. We were talking yes, about we were Kevin talking Smith. about Kevin Smith. The interesting thing is, like, those can actually work as films, too. I mean, if you look at Bill Cosby himself, mm-hmm. great stand-up film. Richard Pryor did numerous ones. Even more recently, like, the original Kings of Comedy or even, like, the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. Oh, you mean just, like, comedy specials? But no, just, like, no, comedy films. Like, people, like, filming a stand-up comedy yeah, routine. Yeah, those are called comedy specials. Yeah. I mean, they f- they basically go out there. I mean, really, with co- stand-up comic acts, and I, if you ever want to know about the comedy process, listen to an episode of The Nerdist because um, Chris Hardwick talks about it all the time. Um, but I mean, they're they're going out and shopping jokes, like you know, for at least a couple of years, unless you're Louis C.K., you just do it really fast, and you just like write a comedy special, which is like an hour plus, and then yeah, you go and you film it, like while you're doing it, but. I think it's really cool because it because of um, things like Netflix and um, Comedy Central, these uh, comedy specials are able to really get a lot of traction and get a lot more um, interest, which I think is, I kind of feel like, and maybe this is just my perception, but I feel like stand-up comedy is going to be, if it already hasn't hit an, a second revolution, it's going to hit another revolution. Um, kind of like how it was in the 80s where like it was a legitimate entertainment form where everybody knew of like stand-up comics and was watching stand-up comedy regularly and people just don't seem to do that or weren't doing that very much in the 90s and it's picked up again I feel like. Yeah well we'll see what happens you know I mean I think every comedian's dream is to you know make it big so that you can get your own sitcom right that's uh-huh. what everyone loves to that's what it seems like that's the path that every comedian that- has to take. That's all. Sometimes a lot of them now think about that, but back in the day, people they were throwing people sitcoms when they were, you know, a struggling comedian. They had some success, and then all of a sudden, they're like, 
can you act? Do you want to do a sitcom? And some of them felt like they had no choice. They didn't want to do that. They just wanted to do stand-up. Yeah. But, I, you know, I feel like stand-up has uh, become extremely viable as an art form and in general. Like, I don't know. I think it's a really – I do think it's a really good pilot for a lot of people, but they're still able to do their movie careers and do stand-up at the same time. Um, or at least do TV shows and still do stand-up at the same time, which is really cool. Like Patton Oswalt was able to do um, – he was able to be on King of Queens, but he still has a really great stand-up career. Sure. Um, Louis C.K. has his own show, still able to do stand-up, and still was able to bring back an independent film that he did a while back. Right. And Louis C.K., I mean, obviously has, is so multi-talented because he's also a good oh my director. God. He's but so he was great good. in um, Blue Valentine. Blue, Jas- Blue, Jasmine. Blue Jasmine. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, he was so good in that. He was wonderful in that movie. I love that guy. Yeah. I love him to pieces. I want to hug him. Do you think it would be weird if I saw him after a show and was like, "Can I just hug you? I'm gonna hug you now." Uh, I don't think you asked permission. I think you should just do it. I think he'd probably be, be okay with it. Okay, cool. He wouldn't think I was trying to assault him. No. <laughs> no. Um, what not, if not I just you did, a feel. What if I just went up to go hug him like really slowly, but the same time I was screaming while I was doing <laughs> it? <laughs> would would people be re- really weirded out if I did that? Probably. I think oh. so. Yeah. Sean? Sean, next time I see you, I'm going to walk up really slowly uh, to hug you, but I'm going to scream the entire time. I, I think the arresting officer would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I want to do that to somebody now. <laughs> do it with Steve's parents. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> I'm trying to make a good impression nice on them. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Anywho. So where are we going with this, guys? That is a good question. So Bruce you know Campbell's the shit, right? Let's talk Dude, about Bruce him. Dude, Bruce Campbell a is the shit. He is the shit. Okay, Army of Darkness was the first of the Evil Dead movies that I ever watched, and I actually had like a fat fucking crush on him from that movie. And I saw that when I was like way too young. I think it was like seven or something. Yo, she bitch. Whoa, let's, let's go. go. <laughs> <laughs> you loved me once. Yeah, but you got real ugly. <laughs> and then I think, okay, so did you guys watch the show that he was on in USA? What the fuck was that called? Uh, Burn, Burn Notice. Notice. Burn Notice. I watched the first two seasons of it. It wasn't bad, but it needed more Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell was essentially a support role. Yeah. Um, and that he was in the show for maybe five minutes per episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was okay, but exactly. He wasn't really given an opportunity to be yeah. himself. He was just kind of like the, the the dorky Q kind of character in, in yeah. a way. So, but then again, you know, I, he does a lot of B movies for a reason. He doesn't have like the greatest acting chops. He's not going to be some big, great dramatic actor, but he does really well at that kind of cheeseball comedy. He's great at cheeseball co- comedy. He's great at playing the overly cocky hero, mm-hmm. which means he's also great at making fun of himself. Yes, he does that, which he's done it several times. Yeah. Um, he actually, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't rule him out as a good dramatic actor because he did a couple of um, small uh, guest starring roles on Law and Order. Okay. In the nineties. And there was a really good. Yeah, he was pretty good. Oh. In those, so. Nice. Uh, and this is his pre, like the Xena. Uh, oh my period. god, I forgot he was on Xena. Yeah, the King of Holy Thieves. Holy shit! 
Yeah. He was okay, a huge I, okay. part of Xena and and Hercules. Didn't he direct one of the like the crossover on, TV movies and direct a bunch of episodes of Xena and Hercules? I actually don't know uh, if he did no, or I, not. I, oh, that's what you didn't read the If Chins Could Kill Confessions of a B-Movie Actor. I know that I haven't read it in a while, but I remember him talking about how he ended up Cami- as doing cameos on the show and then all of a sudden he was like I kind of want to direct the show I want to direct this show and because Xena and Hercules did a lot of crossovers and they were on the same network and they kind of you know they were they, sh- they were shown back to back oh it was the same it was awesome. the same world move. the same universe yeah pretty much the exact same it's the exact same universe well let's also not forget that Ted Raimi and Sam Raimi who are his lifelong friends mm-hmm. were also the executive producers of the show so it was yeah. easy for them to make ah. that decision too <clears throat> I like how they have their little club. It's yeah. cute. Well, and then Bruce Campbell's a bit like he had those cameos in the Spider-Man movies and stuff. <laughs> in a different part each time. Too. Yeah, that was funny. I liked that. Yeah, it's clever. Well, so where do we go from here, guys? I don't know. This is a random fucking episode. <laughs> Very random. And I hope that you guys can't tell by the end of this, but we had had quite the array of technical issues this episode. Oh, God, it was awful. So, yeah, in case that does come through in the final product, we're sorry. It's Saturday. We're not used to this nonsense. Well, and even then, I feel I feel like the episode, we were hoping for something a lot funnier than maybe it actually was, but it just happened because of the interruptions of computer <laughs> problems. Yeah. yeah. Blame this, I blame the summer solstice. Yeah, let's do that. Fucking summer. Fucking in pagans. In the words of Roxy Noberry, I'm Canadian. I shouldn't be subjected to this kind of tomfoolery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you can apply that there. Follow me with you by sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. We're going to mop the floor with you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, you know what we missed, Sean? What we were supposed to do right around Stanley Cup time was to do an episode about hockey movies. Oh, that's right. But yeah. I was I figured okay, the so Sharks we'll go were going to make it we'll past go- the first round. So we probably were thinking about doing that throughout the whole playoffs, figuring the Sharks had to at least make the conference finals. And then we were yeah. so fucking jaded and hating yeah. hockey after the Sharks lost, especially after being up three games to none. I know. Oh, God. The four. They're calling this the summer of shame. Oh, that's that's great. That makes me feel really good inside now. Doesn't it? But they're doing a lot of interesting changes right you now. You know what the so. Sharks need? Gordon Bombay. <laughs> you know what the Sharks need is a better television contract. So apparently our local TV contract with Comcast Sportsnet only gives us like $7 million when other teams are getting $20 million plus. Hmm. I think, yeah, both the Ducks and the Kings both get $20 million each at least from Comcast Sportsnet. So I don't know who negotiated that fucking deal, but they screwed us over because we're not getting that extra money. We're not going to be able to afford the better players. No, and the Bay Area is a huge market too. Like what? Yeah, the fuck? I don't know what the, I don't know what the problem was. Who? But it, but now we're like locked in this contract to like the end of time, effectively. Not not really, but for a very long time. So we're gonna have to. So oh, sorry whoa. guys. Whoa, <laughs> Sean, your phone the, just came. <laughs> Sean, put the dildo away. Yes, my dildo every recording. time it turns on has Keenan Ivory Wayne saying message from. <laughs> Don't be a menace to South Central. It's a it's an inside joke. We didn't hear. We just it, heard. A, never understand. We, we didn't hear that. We just heard a loud buzzing. Yeah. And a couple of oh, flashing sorry. lights. So. Okay. I'm sorry. But I listeners, I really hope you've enjoyed this nerds on film episode that was mostly about television and sports. <laughs> but uh, it, it was not only... mostly. But I mean, we were all over the fucking place. Yeah. I think we were just mm-hmm. going with our heads. 
And if this is your yep. first episode listening to us, listen to a couple of our previous ones because we're a lot more cohesive than this. Yeah. We usually are. And we're not, <laughs> we're not making apologies. No. This was actually a lot of fun. It was. But just go back and hear it because we, we've definitely shown a wide variety of... Look at how apologetic you're. Listen, listen, everybody. I plead with please, for the love of God, do not judge us on this episode. I need validation. But you know what it is? It's conversations like this. We have these conversations normally. It's true, yeah. It's those conversations are why we're like, hey, let's make a podcast. So, you know. Yeah. Now you can see where that comes from. (laughs) You guys, if anything else, our loyal listeners get to see now what our everyday conversations are really like. Yeah. Uh, Except this this had not nearly as many offensive jokes as it should have. So it's true. We'll have to redo this again in the future with like just completely uncensored and maybe a little drunk. Damn it! Someone make a joke about Hitler. <laughs> quick, <laughs> quick, Sean, go. <laughs> uh he was a shitty painter. Th- this is true. But he he had shiny boots. Uh, okay. I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I don't know I'm what's going happening. With this. Damn it, I can't get the trees. Damn it, I could everyone in the world. Uh, <laughs> to quote Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Um, why don't we get into some listener feedback? Listener feedback. Yeah. Listener feedback. <laughs> mm, yeah. I think one of these days we should just not have the actual sound bite and just do that. <laughs> okay, I've got one from Pam. Uh, she says, hello, nerds. I don't usually send fan mail, but I wanted to thank you for your fun and entertaining podcasts. I first found you through your history podcast and then went on to your film podcast. I listen to several history podcasts and enjoy getting different takes from different podcasts on the same subject. Podcast, podcasts, podcast, podcast. <laughs> no, oh, I'm sorry. No, that, it, that was me that did that. I'm sorry. There was a liberal use of the word podcast, but it did kind of send me into a spiral. <laughs> I've been searching for a film podcast, but I haven't had much luck. The other podcasts on film all have been either too reviewish or they love films that I hate and hate films that I love. Your film podcast just enjoys movies. I'm currently catching up on the Nerds on Film podcast. It has been fun to hear you talk about Star Wars and J.J. Abrams, a black James Bond, and a reboot of Ghostbusters. And then Pam goes on to talk about how, just like us, she's not sure how she felt and whether, you know, John Hurt and Jonah Hill were going to be in it was, you know, a make or break kind of thing, but... Thank you so much, Pam. We really appreciate it, and we're glad you found us. Yes, it may take her a bit to get up to this episode of where we're actually going to shout out her uh, her message. Yeah, I don't but... understand why people do that. When I start listening to a podcast, I listen to the most recent one when I start, and then I work backwards. I don't start with their first ones because I'm too afraid it was so low quality or that it was so unpolished that it's not going to hook me. So when I'm listening to podcasts or when I jump into something new, I tend to listen to the current episodes and go forward, and then I will go back episodes, and I just look at the topics. I'm like, is that something I really, really, really want to listen to? Yeah. Unless it's something like Lexicon Valley, which is done through Slate. I love this podcast. Um, I'll go back and listen to old episodes of that, but that's because they only come out with like four episodes a year. So I have plenty of time to go back and listen to that one. So. Nice. That's that's how I listen to podcasts. I, I kind of let the old episodes just kind of go mm. uh, when I'm listening to a new podcast and just trying to move forward because I don't have a lot of time on my hands. So going back and listening to all the older episodes of something. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really into the whole binge concept. Sure. So like I don't, I don't binge Netflix either. And Wow, you're I, weird. I know. Yeah, you're <laughs> totally weird, weird, bro. I realized I can only binge comedies. I cannot binge dramas. Like I was going to try and binge... Um, Breaking Bad, I couldn't do it. Oh, I fucking binged the shit out of House of Cards. 
Oh, we watch, okay. Maybe we watched of, like six hours of House of Cards one night. Okay, I lied. I lied. I did binge watch the first season of House of Cards, and I watched all the first season in less than twenty four hours. That wow. was really intense experience. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> was did you sleep? It, well, I I woke up one morning. I started. There was only seventeen episodes, so I just watched seventeen hours of the House of Cards. I just see. I just see <laughs> you clicking on the first episode of House of Cards. You know, this is the shot. We're setting up a little movie here. Yeah. And then it slowly pans to your eyes widening. And then there's a montage showing you getting a bunch of shit ready. And then it's you sitting on a bedpan <laughs> <laughs> no, this in is, front of your television. No, this is what happened because I was watching it on my laptop. Oh, okay. And so I woke up in the morning and I rolled over and, and I was like, I'm going to watch a movie this morning because I don't have shit to do. And I go through Netflix. I'm like, what is this House of Cards business? It seems rather interesting. And I click on it and I'm like, oh, this is good. And then I get up and I'm eating breakfast and I'm watching House of Cards. And then I decide I'm going to eat lunch and I haven't left the dining room table at all at this point. And I'm like, okay, now I need to eat lunch. And my roommate comes out of her room and she's like, hey, what you doing? I'm like watching House of Cards. She's like, that's cool. She gets some food. She goes back into her room. She comes back out several hours later and I am curled up on the couch with my laptop still staring. And she's like, what are you doing now? And I'm like, still watching House of Cards. She's like, holy shit. (laughs) And And then I took a brief pause for i think a couple hours to watch something else on tv and then i went back and watched the rest of house of cards till i fell asleep that wow. is what happened it was a it was really intense that's awesome i like walked out of the house the next day and i'm like i haven't left the house in over a day <laughs> it's pretty fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> and brand's like and that's why i don't binge watch pretty, pretty much um yeah uh, that's all we got from email. We don't have much in the social media this week. A couple fun tweets um, from our listeners just saying, hey, thinking of you about when watching this movie. Brett sent us a good one and said, thinking about, uh, or sorry, uh, I'm about to watch Edge of Tomorrow thinking about the NOF crew. You know? Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, it's very sweet. But that's a total girlfriend comment, right? You, like you text or significant other comment. Yeah. And I said, hey, just thinking about you. you know? I don't know. My mom texts me stuff like that, too. That's better than him going like, I'm about to go jerk off in the basement with the lights off thinking about the Nerds on Film crew. (laughs) (laughs) I I would be flattered by that, too. (laughs) Very, very true. One of our listeners, Christina, also said she ordered ordered some cookies from Antoine, the guy we did a post from. Oh, nice. So she uh, calls Antoine a cookie god, by the way. Cookie god. Yeah. And they are pretty damn good cookies, Sean, right? Am Am I right? Oh, they're fucking delicious. Yeah, that was his. They're gone. That's gift. how you can tell nice. they're delicious. <laughs> so just a couple of small things like that. Cool. But you know what, listeners? You want to know how you can give us feedback? You can go to our website, nerdonomy.com, and click on that feedback link to send us some stuff. You can also, of course, hit us up from our social media at Facebook and at Twitter at Nerdonomy. Why don't you also hit us up on our personal social media accounts? I'm at Brian Moriarty. I'm at Sarah Ash 16 and I am at Big Sean Mo. Sean spelled S E A N the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yep. Scene. Scene Mo. Yeah. Scene Mo. <laughs> <laughs> I am Scene Mo. And uh, you know what else you can do while I you're. dance the salsa. <laughs> you will watch my hips. You can see how they go side to side, you front can... to back, side to side, and she's asleep. <laughs> and, and, and you are now how pregnant. How is this possible? It is the way of the dance. <laughs> <laughs> He's too sexy. Uh, 
And after being hypnotized by Sean's sexy hips, you know what you can also do? His hips you, don't lie. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you can click on that donate link as well. Oh, yeah. Sean, and entice them to give us money. Indeed. Okay, and, uh, <laughs> listeners, pay attention to the sounds of the hips. Side to side, front to back, side to end their sleep. <laughs> I fucked up. Now we take their money. All I know how to do is dun, to make them dun, sleep. Dun, 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 dun. Jump on it. Okay. <laughs> That's and what now. I'm imagining when he's talking about his hips side to side. <laughs> I don't know why. Sorry. To the front. To the front. To the back. To the back. <laughs> to the side. To the side. <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Are you all right? I think we broke Sarah super See, late in the episode. Is, I think we should do a bit with Ricardo Montalban trying to uh, hypnotize people with his pecs. Oh, that'd be pretty he good. This is Ricardo Montalban. From the depths of hell, I gyrate. All right. They're sleeping. Now we take their money and their virginity. <laughs> I leave a note that says. You are now broken pregnant. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, Anywho. <laughs> so, I don't um, always fuck women, but when I do, they are usually asleep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's awful. If you like what you've heard tonight, folks, <laughs> please, uh, please, uh, please help us out with the donation. Uh, and support our nerd cave <laughs> by clicking on that donate link at neuronomy.com we use paypal you can give us uh, as little as a dollar uh, like and your, as much as your heart desires i like your awkward nerd voice <laughs> and um yeah we could really use a roof right now um, oh yeah Right now, a ceiling. Uh, a we of, have a roof. We need. We, we have a roof. We just yeah, we, we need a ceiling. The ceiling that we have has been great. It's been a very great temporary solution, and now we need to go for realsies. <laughs> it's good at trapping heat, but now it needs to be good at deflecting heat. Yeah, there's as that well. Too. So yeah, until we meet again, stay nerdy. Tune into us next week, same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. Adios, mis amores. Oh, they're asleep. Bye. And roll credits. And now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. Malkovich! <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird.